Oramai. Good morning. This is Judith Lay welcoming you to Manx Radio and to the podcast of this week's edition of At Your Service. Manx Radio. Our theme today is journeying. It's been said, I think quite rightly, that life is one long journey and the longer we live, the more twists and turns our life journey will take. Today we'll be journeying in sadness, journeying in the wilderness and journeying with joy. Our first journey stops at 11 o'clock on Friday morning when a minute's silence marked one year since Russia launched its invasion of Ukraine. Since then, at least 100,000 soldiers have been killed on each side, while thousands of civilians have lost their lives and more than 13 million have been made refugees abroad or displaced within Ukraine. We've witnessed a year of the largest conflict in Europe since World War II. The state anthem of Ukraine has just one verse and one chorus, but it remains one of the world's mightiest patriotic songs and contains the words, Ukraine's glory has not yet died, nor her freedom. In acts of solidarity and in pleas for peace, the anthem has been sung many times in many places during the last year. But there can be few so poignant as the voice of seven-year-old Ukrainian Amelia Anisevich. Shortly after war broke out, Amelia's grandmother took her and her siblings to Poland for safety. Lilia and Roman, her parents, remained in Kiev. of the past, the present and the future. Our thoughts and prayers are with our sisters and brothers in Ukraine and the surrounding countries in their fear and distress. We pray too for all other regions of the world where there is conflict, unrest or oppression. We pray that reconciliation will overcome hatred. Peace will conquer war. Hope will replace despair and that your plans for the world and for us its people will be fulfilled. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Where there's doubt, true faith in 
the musical setting of the prayer of St. Francis, Make Me a Channel of Your Peace. And the peace prayer was offered by Methodist local preacher Caroline Salmon, who's coordinating the World Day of Prayer Service in the north of the island. There'll be World Day of Prayer Services all around the island this coming Friday, March the 3rd. Listen out for details on the notice board later in the programme. And so, from our journey into sadness to our journey into the wilderness, somewhere many of us will have been during our life. The 40 days of Lent that started earlier this week on Ash Wednesday are 40 days when Christians are encouraged to think more deeply about their life in preparation for the great feast of Easter that's at the heart of the Christian faith. Jesus spent 40 days in the wilderness, and the weeks of Lent recall this period when Jesus wrestled with what it was going to cost him in personal suffering in order to be obedient to the will of God, his Father. With this in mind, let's listen as Lynn shares the story of her journey into the wilderness. One of the beginnings of my journey was when I got married to a Chinese man and After living in the UK for a number of years with him, we moved to Hong Kong. My journey became more difficult for me when I lived in Hong Kong and that was about being in another culture and trying to find my own place in that. But it was also about living with a man who became a completely different person in that culture and having to deal with the the reality of that relationship not working. We lived there for three years and during that period our marriage broke up and I was also pregnant at the same time. And then I came back to the UK alone and had my daughter and lived in a place called Lytham in Lancashire. Well, I thought I knew what the church would actually say to me. What I wanted was them to say, this this has been very hurtful for you. You you are a wounded person, and we are all wounded. And you you know you belong here with us. But what actually happened was that they said, "What you have done is not acceptable in our eyes. In terms of you know you your marriage has broken down, and so therefore you cannot participate fully in in our church in terms of being able to receive communion and the sacraments." And although intellectually I could be very dismissive of that, um, emotionally I couldn't because this has been the church that I've been brought up in and it was very hard for me to, to come to a decision that I had to walk away from that and find a new place that I could feel comfortable and a new place that I could look at my own spiritual journey um, and find other people who would walk alongside me in terms of you know, accepting me for who I was and where I'd come from. We may have shared Lynn's experience, or we may have been reminded of other similar experiences, some painful. We offer all of these to God as we listen for his word. I moved to Glasgow just recently. For me, the thing about moving to Glasgow was that I felt that there, were a, there was a very strong possibility here that I would have a sense of community, which had been missing in my life for a long time. Um, since before I went to Hong Kong. And even though I actually only knew two or three people very well, those people knew other people, and they were people who were very accepting and welcoming of me, and without exception said to me, 
we're really glad you're here. We're really glad you took the risk to be here. So for me, it's, it's been a, about a place of trying to start again, but starting feeling that I'm being supported by people around me and that um, there are also people around me who are like me and there are people around me who are not, who, you know, who could be happily married or people who are single or people who are separated and a whole vast section of that and who are living out the Christian faith and the Christian journey in those circumstances and there isn't an expectation to be to be this ideal and if you don't reach that ideal then you failed in some way that there's more about well we've all failed and we've all done things wrong but that's part of the journey that we're all on together it took me a long time to accept that yes I had made some mistakes and yes I had failed at some things but actually that was okay to do that and that that did not make me a bad person but it actually gave me an opportunity to grow and it gave me a chance to reflect on where that those experiences had brought me to and what what they had made me be um, so I think there's something about giving yourself a time to lick your wounds giving yourself a time to accept what's happened to you and giving yourself an opportunity to look at it in terms of a positive experience that may well have been very hurtful and still will be very hurtful but is but also can be positive and and can enable you then to support other people And so we pray. In everyone's journey, there are surprising times, disturbing times, painful times. We search for truth, for meaning, and we long for love. We want to be complete. We all have our wilderness moments when we feel lost. And it's then that the hand of God reaches out, for he himself knew what it was to be lost. Lord, be with me in times of trouble, a hand that comforts and consoles and guides me to fullness of life. Making us, shaping us, blessing us, Trusting us, leading us, disturbing us, empowering us, loving us. God of our childhood, God of our growing, stay, stay with, with us on our, our journey, journey and bring, bring us safely home.
I lift my eyes to the quiet hills, in the press of a busy day, as green hills stand in a dusty land, so God is my strength and stay. Based on Psalm 121, those words remind us that wherever we are, in whatever wilderness we find ourselves, God is there with us. And our final journey today is a journey of joy. A couple of days ago, I popped into the cathedral in Peel to take a look at the Manx Nature Show, an opportunity to discover the wildlife on our island and in the waters around us and the people who take care of it. It's fascinating and well worth a visit, and the cathedral's open every day from 9am to 6pm, and there's no admission charge, so do pop in if you're over in the West. When I was there, Phil Crane and Rosemary Clark were visiting too and stopped to chat about something they're both involved in and very appropriately for today's theme, it's called Journeying. Rosemary Clark takes up the story. Well, Journeying is a company and its idea is to take people in small groups on walking holidays which have a Celtic Christian feel to them. So generally they're in places where there are mountains, places that are a bit remote, so maybe Ireland or Wales or Scotland. But then sometimes we do things that are a little bit different. So for example this year we've got a pilgrimage that's going to Canterbury, which is hardly Celtic in what you think in terms of the landscape, but in terms of the idea of pilgrimage, absolutely in there. Now you actually lead, don't you, Phil? Yeah, there's about a dozen of us who are leaders and we get together once a year to kind of put our plans together for the following year and that creates the, the brochure and there's usually about six, seven, eight holidays on offer throughout the, the summer months, as Rosemary said, in, in, in the British Isles, usually off about four to seven days in, in length. Journeying is, as Rosemary said, a company. It's a not-for-profit company, so the ethos is very much non-profit, but we have to cover our costs. It's run as a small organisation, founded about 25 years ago, so it's got some track record. And so we offer in the brochure a series of holidays where people can come along. Um, it's open to Christians and non-Christians alike, but the ethos of the holiday will be in the Christian Celtic tradition usually. And it's a chance to slip down the gears and be among... A rich mix of people we muck in. Friendships are made during the week, which can last for years. We find a high proportion of pilgrims, as we call them, come back the following year, and uh, many have been for, for several years. What happens is that each of the leaders looks at a place that they think would be a suitable for a holiday. And for me, the first thing to do is to see if I can find a suitable accommodation because you need to have space that will take maybe up to a dozen of us. Sometimes it's self-catering, sometimes it's being catered for, but it needs to be in a location where it's suitable for going for walks, where either you can guarantee that there'll be enough people coming by car that you can car share, or that there's public transport, or maybe you might need to hire a minibus. So you have to think about the practicalities and then once you've identified a potential place, then you need to look at the map and see whether there are suitable walks that people would like to go on. And also whether there's like a theme for the week. We were based on the island of Cumbrae and it was just amazing how I think we called it the island odyssey. 
And so we were able to have that sense of going from island to island. And I think everybody loves islands, and it proved absolutely a sellout. And you've brought groups over here, I believe, haven't you, Phil? Yes, our first group came over in 2008, and a particular theme then was to visit the Keels. And since then, groups of, I think we've had five visits to the island, usually for about a week. In Ramsey and here in Peel at the Deanery, they've stayed. Sometimes it's commercial accommodation that we book, sometimes it's, it's church-related. We try to keep prices as low as we can, and some of the holidays for 2023 are still open, still available. You're both local here to the island, so if you want to network with people to talk to the group or perhaps lead a walk, that's very easy. Do you try to make some links with local people before you actually do the walk? The one I'm going to be doing in Danoon in the summer, my co-leader actually lives in Danoon, so she's absolutely plugged into the local community, just like Phil and I are here. And there was another lady who was a leader with us in Wales. She was very knowledgeable about the poet R.S. Thomas and that was a theme of the holidays that she led and she had local places that she would go to to um, work out that. So it's a combination really. Now there is um, an awareness that uh, that there's a deep spirituality in people, that there is a hunger for an extra dimension to their life but they don't feel drawn to to feed that that need by going into a conventional church service cathedrals with their anonymity that they offer often very popular because people feel they can slip in and slip out again do you feel that that this kind of journeying is is in some way meeting that kind of need for a, a deeper meaning to life without without formality yes i think you know we're we're witnessing a a decline in church numbers overall in in the West, and I think from what I've seen of the people who come on journeying holidays, some are lapsed church members. They, you know, they they they, they sometimes keep their faith, they sometimes don't, um, but they're willing to come. And they, um, someone said it once. It, it was like um, slipping into a very comfortable pair of old slippers. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's a compliment or not, but you know. Um, the, the, they feel comfortable, and I, I, I should say too that Journeying is a Christian ecumenical organization. So, you know, Protestant, Catholic, whatever our traditions, it doesn't matter. And in fact, it, it, it enriches the, the holiday because we, we, um, we all bring something to that. And it's, it's not just the, the, the two, lead, two co-leaders. We encourage people to come and share their, their prayers or musical instrument too, or, or, or help with the washing up. You know, so it's very much a, a, a team affair and a, a rich mixture of ecumenism at every level. Which is wonderful. And I would have thought, um, as you bond as a group, of a safe space for whatever your background is, you're, you're coming into a safe space. I think that's right. You know, in terms of what we mean by a Celtic Christian feel, um, we normally have prayers morning and evening, and maybe if we're in a special place... But this isn't heavy and an hour long with a huge sermon. It's often reflective. It's appreciating the silence. And if people don't wish to participate, there's no uh, constraint on them to do so. But we find that often people do want to. And then, of course, when you're walking with people, there's no end to the possibility for conversations. 
but these are not forced. So, you know, if I'm walking with somebody, I don't say, well, actually, sister, are you saved? Because that would be absolutely inappropriate. But it is about sharing our journeys, our concerns, which might be about family members. It might be about things that are happening in the news. It might be something that we've struggled with that the church teaches, or you know, it could be absolutely anything. You know, it's lovely walking because you don't have to be talking the whole time. There's room for those kinds of silences. And, you know, if you want to move on from a conversation, it's the easiest thing to do. And, you know, I'm not going to be pursuing somebody and saying, well, I need to know what you think about this. Or you're not going to be welcome to come back. You know, there's nothing like that at all. It's really about being sensitive to each other and enjoying it. You know, hey, it's holiday, um, but it's an opportunity to to reflect and maybe to explore areas of spirituality that we might not have before um, and to enjoy that company and maybe even grow a bit. Well, sometimes, well, quite often, speaking for myself, you have questions, but you don't quite know who to ask or you don't, somebody you know well, you're not going to go and ask them a question that might reveal that, uh, you, might, you know, ask a question that perhaps they'll think, well, don't you know the answer to that one? But when you're with people that you don't know so well, you can ask those questions. You're in, you know, if you, there is a great advantage, isn't there, to being with people that you don't know that well? Mm, certainly, certainly. I think, too, I mentioned before, there were about a dozen journeying leaders throughout Britain and we, we get together. But the Isle of Man, we punch well above our weight because as well as Rosemary and I over here, we have Karen Garrett, who is a, a journeying leader. And so we've got three out of 12 <laughs> are from this tiny island. So we are special. So where do we find some more details? Then? Best place is the website because absolutely everything that people need to know is there. And the address is www dot journeying dot co dot uk so very straightforward we've been talking about journeying and then dot co dot uk Thank you, Rosemary Clark and Phil Crane. And as Rosemary said, if you'd like to know more, the website has all the information you'll need, www.journeying.co.uk. And now it's time to take a look at our notice board. More Lent lunches start this week. In the hall at the Abbey Church in Balasala, there'll be Lent lunches served every Tuesday between noon and two o'clock. The cool Lenten lunches are every Thursday from noon until two also, each Thursday, Lenten lunches of homemade soups and desserts will be served in St Anthony's Pastoral Centre in Onken, beginning this Thursday from noon until 2pm. And St Thomas's Church, just off the promenade near the Gaiety Theatre here in Douglas, are now serving their Lent lunches each Friday. Fridays at St Thomas's during Lent begin at 10am with a Lent morning prayer service. Then from half past 10, it's coffee and chat, followed by Lent lunches served from noon till half past one. Soup, bread roll and a sweet at a suggested cost of £7 per person. As I mentioned earlier, Friday, March the 3rd is World Day of Prayer. It's a worldwide call to prayer and each year the service is prepared by one particular country. This year it's the Christian Women of Taiwan. 
The service is an opportunity to learn about and pray for the challenges of life in the country who've prepared the service. Taiwan is an island rich in natural resources and culturally diverse. Today, Taiwan is being harassed by China almost on a daily basis, and the risk of conflict is very real. The people of Taiwan are very much in need of our prayers at this time. World Day of Prayer is for everyone, all ages, all denominations, all backgrounds. Here are the services I know about. They're all this Friday, March the 3rd. Living Hope Church in Port St. Mary start their service with refreshments served from 10 a.m. And the service will start at a quarter to 11 and will include music from the choir of Skull for Here in Douglas, there'll be a service in St. Andrew's United Reform Church on Glen Crutchery Road by the traffic lights. And that'll start at half past 10 on Friday morning. Kirk Braddon have a service on Friday afternoon at 2 o'clock. And in Peel, there are two celebrations of the World Day of Prayer. First of all, there's a service on Friday evening in St. Patrick's Roman Catholic Church in Peel at 7 o'clock. And then the following day, Saturday the 4th, there's an activity afternoon for children in St. Patrick's Church Hall. Pop in any time between 2 and 6 p.m. and enjoy games and activities for children of all ages. And last but not least, in the north, St Olives on Bowering Road in Ramsey, just opposite the Cottage Hospital, have a service on Friday evening at half past seven, and it'll be followed by refreshments. And we finish on Saturday the 4th. Glen May Craft Market will be open on Saturday from 11am to 4pm in Glen May Chapel and Community Centre. All kinds of homemade produce and handicrafts by local artists will be on sale along with homemade light lunches, bacon baps, cakes and hot drinks. There's no entry charge and if you're not sure where the church and community centre are, just head for Glen May and look out for the bunting and the banners. And that's all we've time for now, but I'll be back tonight at 9 o'clock for Sundown, your invitation into our virtual late lounge, and I'd love you to join me if you can. It's a mix of easy listening music and a little bit of nostalgia to round off your day. And as this is the final Sunday of February, I'll be joined between half past nine and ten by Howard Parkin as he presents this month's edition of The Manx Sky at Night, taking a look at what's happening in the dark skies over our island and in outer space too. If you've got items for the notice board, do please email me, judithlay at manxradio.com. So, until whenever we meet again, this is Judith saying thank you for listening and I wish you and those you love a blessed and peaceful week and a very good morning.